When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Late Night Drive. My name is Ellie. I am your host. And I'm so happy that you are here. I guess I should say I'm your driver, maybe not your host, but you get the point. I'm so happy you're here. I hope you had a great week. If you didn't, you are in the right place. Let's commiserate together. Um, (laughs) I kind of had a shitty week, if I'm being completely honest. First of all, I thought I was pregnant, which happens to me like every time I have sex. (laughs) I can't have sex without thinking I'm pregnant. It's almost not even worth it to have sex because I get so anxious. But this time I was sure. I was positive. I was convinced. And you know why? Because all the symptoms of early pregnancy are exactly the same as symptoms of PMS. They are the same. What is that about? Sorry for starting out so hot, but I'm just like... For anxious coded people, like the first thing you want to do when you're like worried about something is look up like, you know, you do checking like you you like look up like, oh, like I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. And it's always like you're pregnant. Hey, babe, you're pregnant. And I'm like, that is not what I needed to hear. I needed you to tell me that it's PMS and I'm not pregnant. Um, But of course, it's not going to do that. It's going to tell you that you're pregnant. So I literally spent maybe two and a half weeks thinking, there was a little baby inside of me that I was going to have to get rid of. <laughs> Too much for the first two minutes of the podcast. But no, I, I, got my, I got my period and I was really excited. But I was also, it, it came along with literally the worst cramps I've ever experienced in my life. They were so bad. You ever had the kind of cramps that are so bad they like radiate into your vagina? Like it's not just like a stomach or lower back thing. It's it's all the way through, baby. Like, <laughs> oh my God, I have never been in so much pain. I couldn't get out of bed. I had cramps the whole day. I thought I was going to throw up because it hurt so bad. And I it lost a whole day. Like I took two naps. That's what I did. And I still went to bed at like 11. It just was not my day. And that really threw a damper on my week. (sighs) I mean, losing a day is never good. I really needed to go and get my dip removed because I think I have a nail fungus. (laughs) Okay, so far this episode, I've said I thought I was pregnant. I had cramps that radiated into my vagina and I have a nail fungus. So I guess that's what this episode's vibe is going to (laughs) be. Yeah, it's just like really put a damper on my week. I like completely lost a day. And um, I was supposed to go to the eye doctor and I didn't go because I was like, I literally cannot move. And I had chocolate cake for dinner because <laughs> I deserved it. <laughs> so not my day, maybe not my week, but how are you guys? Did you have a good week? Was everything okay? I know there's been a lot going on in the news. If you have loved ones in Ukraine or if you live in Ukraine, I hope that you're staying safe. Yeah, that's been really hard to watch. I've been watching a lot of coverage on Ukraine, and I know that this is not the point. Please do not yell at me. Like, I'm aware. I'm completely aware this is not the point. But I just have to say, is it me or are 
all the foreign correspondents very sexy? Like, (laughs) is it a requirement to be a foreign correspondent that you are like have a chiseled jaw and perfectly tousled hair? They're all hot. Like, all of them are hot. But maybe it's just me because I definitely have a thing for like newscaster type guys. All I'm saying is if Anderson Cooper were straight, like, yeah, I would get on that. Jake Tapper, huge Huge crush on Jake Tapper. Um, always had a thing for John Stewart. I did a fuck Mary Kill that was the famous Johns. It was John Stewart, John Stamos, and John Mayer. Obviously, I said I'd kill John Mayer, but I, I and I put this on Instagram and I spelled it out. And now I'm in Instagram jail because you can't say that you'll kill somebody on Instagram. Can't do it, kids. <laughs> I'm shadow banned. But anyway, I was like, uh, yeah, I would marry John Stewart. Are you kidding? I love him. He still looks pretty good and he is old. Maybe I just like old guys. I don't know. But I I think there's something about that kind of like very, I don't know. They're all attractive. The authority of it is attractive. (laughs) I have a thing for newscasters. But yeah, I hope everybody had a good weekend. I kind of had a lame, boring weekend. It was like not, literally nothing happened to me. I think I went out one night. Yeah, because I started having cramps and I was like, I just can't do it, guys. I can't do it. You know, when you're PMSing and you just feel funky, like I don't get as bad emotional stuff anymore, which we'll talk about a little bit later, actually. Um, I don't get as bad emotional stuff, but I just feel like, like I feel funky. I feel puffy and a little ugly. And I feel like all my friends kind of hate me. And like, you just don't feel like your normal sparkling self. And sometimes the best thing to do is just stay your ass home. If there's anything I've learned in my life, it's like... If I know I'm just going to be a bummer (laughs) when I'm out, then I should just stay home because trying to force yourself to be fun is the most exhausting thing in the world. And girl, I do not have the energy for that shit these days. I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't have the extra energy that's required to like try to be funny and interesting when I feel like a smushed potato, like just not, (laughs) just not feeling it. Um, But yeah, so not much happened, but I'm really excited to be back on another solo episode. I feel like I missed you guys. Obviously, it's really fun to have guests. I like having guests, but I like when we get to sit down and just talk one-on-one. I feel like it's a lot more intimate, and I feel like I can tell you guys more about what's going on. For example, I'm feeling really, really good about the fact that like, I have something to do again. Like Having a job... (laughs) having something to focus on day to day week to week like doing this show is has been so good for my brain just to have something to like really work on and try to improve on every week and you know get excited about and refresh the rss feed and look at the downloads and the analytics and like that's so fun and i'm really really glad you guys are all listening like that warms my silly little heart and also i'm really excited because i have ads on the podcast already which I was expecting to have to wait a little bit longer for that because, you know, it's like a new show and kind of untested. But um, yeah, I have ads and I'm really excited about that. And also, if you ever are interested in a sponsor, first of all, I am only like I get to approve, obviously, every sponsor that I have. Um, and I'll never do like a personal endorsement on something that I don't think is good. If you ever hear me say like, I tried this and I liked it, I tried it and I liked it. Like, I mean that. So. 
I hope you guys can trust me with that. And a really easy way to support me is to use those codes. So um, I would really appreciate that. So they, they, keep, um, they keep sponsoring me because that is my only form of income right now. <laughs> so um, I need it so I can hopefully at some point stop recording in the closet and <laughs> get a proper studio. Oh, but I don't know. I do kind of like the closet. It's cozy. Makes me feel like I'm Harry Potter, the girl who lived. Plus, it reminds me that I need to wash my towels because I'm in like underneath the shelf where the towels are. And I'm like, oh, I am down to one clean towel. Got to get on that. <laughs> anyway, oh, um, yeah, I miss you guys. I hope you're doing really well. And this will be a fun episode. Maybe not like a fun. I don't know if fun is the right word. <laughs> I don't know if fun is the right word. We do have some sort of like heavier topics today that I wanted to touch on that I got some DMs about. So yeah, we're going to do three really fun DMs today. One is about kind of healing former toxic relationships, like how you move into a new healthy relationship without letting that past relationship affect you. We're going to talk a little bit about mental health medication and premenstrual dysphoric disorder, baby. And then the last DM I got was about how to take things less personally, which is something I'm not particularly good at, but we'll talk about it. So yeah, let's get into the episode. There are some stories about my mom's life that I truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, her retelling of events always brings me joy. Just in time for Mother's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all her stories for my family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your mother for years to come. Here's how it works. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Like, how do you want to be remembered? Or, what was it like when you first learned how to ride a bike? StoryWorth makes the writing process a breeze. All your loved one needs to do is respond to that email with the story. Long or short, it doesn't matter. You'll be emailed a copy of your loved one's response as they're submitted over the course of the year. You'll get to enjoy their retelling of the stories you already knew, or be surprised by stories you've never heard before. After a year of fun, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories and photos into a beautiful keepsake hardcover book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. I lost three of my four grandparents by the time I was six years old, so knowing that my future children and grandchildren would be able to get to know my parents on a personal level means everything to me. Families love StoryWorth. That's why it has more than 25,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot, with millions of stories preserved since they were founded over 10 years ago. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash Ellie. That's storyworth.com slash Ellie to save $10 on your first purchase. Late Night Drive with Ellie and Michaela is brought to you by BetterHelp. Um, so I love therapy. I have always been a huge advocate for therapy. I've been seeing my therapist for... Gosh, going on six years now. So she's basically like a homie, less of a therapist, more of a pal. Just kidding. She actually is really, really good at her job. And I have benefited immensely from therapy. I literally feel like I wouldn't be the woman that I am today if I didn't have therapy as a resource. I think it's so good to help you work through not only like your daily problems and, you know, your work issues or your friend issues, your relationship issues, but also like work through things that have been patterns in your life that maybe you've identified but don't really know how to fix 
or things like phobias, anxieties, things that you feel like you have a lack of control over. Therapy can be really helpful in making you feel like you do actually have control because you have more control than you think that you do. But I know that it is not easy for everybody to access therapy. And that's why I love today's sponsor, BetterHelp, because, uh, I mean, there are states in America even where there's like two therapists that take insurance, you know, like it's really, really important to have access to mental health and not everybody does. And BetterHelp makes it super, super easy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give it a try. It is entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest, whatever it is, with BetterHelp. <laughs> Visit betterhelp.com slash LND today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash LND. You are illuminating. I don't really care about the people in the bar line. I don't really mind all the who goes to stage time. Okay, so this was the DM that I got. This says, Hi, Ellie. I'm so excited that you're podcasting again. After this long-term relationship I was in, I have worked and worked in therapy and grew through it, but we all know you can't fully heal until you practice your new skills. My question is, what is your advice for people going through healing from a toxic relationship while trying to enter a healthy relationship? And what have you personally felt in these circumstances? Yeah, I think this is a really good question because I think no matter what kind of relationship you're in, it's really easy to take those experiences and bring them into the next relationship you might have. I was in a relationship. I would certainly not call it a toxic relationship, but at the same time, like I wasn't happy, obviously, or we would still be dating. Um, <laughs> and while the person I dated was not like some horrible person, he definitely was not the best communicator and definitely had some things that he did that made me feel really bad that I've had a really hard time moving into new relationships, like really hard time kind of wrapping my head around that like this new person is not the same way, is like not going to do the same way. And I want to give a quick disclaimer um, just because like some of you might know who my former partner was. And I just want to say this, like he's a three-dimensional person, right? Like he's a whole person. He's not a bad person. He obviously has good things about him or we would not have dated. And you can cherry pick four bad things about anybody and make them seem like a bad person. And I want to be pretty balanced about this. Like, I want to be really clear. He's not a bad person and I don't dislike him. This is somebody that I cared about a lot. This is somebody I loved a lot. But that said, like, he obviously had flaws. And I think I want to be able to talk about my experiences in a way that's really honest. So just, like, try to keep in mind that, like, this is a whole person. He's not a bad person. And also, like, please <laughs> do not go and harass him if you know who he is. Just, you know, like, just be normal. Just be nice. I think it's hard to, it's really hard not to take your experiences and think that they're going to keep happening. Like, so something about the person that I dated before was, like, he was not good with communication. <laughs> and that's generous. He was real, real bad with communication. And it was really hard to communicate with him because um, he would do this thing. The, the kind of like therapy term is mind reading. It's this thing where somebody says something to you and instead of taking their words at face value, you decide to interpret it and you decide what they actually mean by what they're saying. Um, and so he would do this like, if I were to say like, I'm cold, 
instead of hearing I'm cold, he would hear you don't give me your jacket enough or like you don't care about me or, you know, whatever. Things like that where it's like, I didn't say that. Okay. Like I didn't say that. I just said I'm cold. And it was really frustrating. I mean, there were plenty of examples of things where like, for example, like I I couldn't say that I missed him. Like if he went out of town, I like couldn't say I miss you, which is batshit, by the way. Like, it's your boyfriend. Of course, you miss them when they're away. It doesn't mean he would interpret it as me almost guilting him. Like, you should not leave or you have to stay next to me all the time or like, I can't be without you. And it's like, that is not what I said. I said, I miss you because you're out of town and you're my boyfriend. (laughs) Like, it was things like that where it just got so frustrating to the point where like, I felt like it wasn't even worth communicating because we would get in these fights where I was defending a position that I didn't even have, you know? It was like he would make up a guy and get mad at the guy. (laughs) It was like, hey, (laughs) but actually that's not what I said. That's not what I said. And your honor, if you will read the transcript, you will see that I did not perjure myself. Like, (laughs) I didn't say that. And and, and, And to be fair, like, it's a really common thing that people with anxiety do. Like, I have been incredibly guilty of mind reading in the past. It's a defense mechanism. It's a way that your brain sometimes tries to protect you. Like, in a non-relationship example, like if somebody was like, hey, me and my friends are going out for dinner tonight, you should come. And instead of taking them at their words and saying and thinking, oh, they invited me to dinner and they want me to come. You think to yourself, they're only saying that to be nice. They really don't want me to come. And I should say no, because I'll be unwanted if I go. And it's like, that is not what they said. Okay. That is not what that person said. That's what you think that they said. Like, that's what your brain is telling you they said. That's not what they said. Um, That's mind reading. And it's because maybe in the past you've been in a social situation where you were unwanted. And that's very uncomfortable. And your brain wants to protect you from that. Your anxiety wants to protect you from that. And so when you hear somebody inviting you somewhere, your brain comes in and doesn't want you to experience feeling unwanted. And so it says, just don't go because they don't actually want you there. And I know that sounds crazy, but like your brain is just trying to protect you, you know? So it was, it was often that, and that was really, really difficult. And so going forward in relationships, I've, you know, had a hard time a little bit with communication because I'm always scared that it's going to turn into a conversation that I don't, that I'm not trying to have, like that it's going to turn into a fight or it's, it's going to be misinterpreted. Like, for example, this guy that I'm seeing right now, I really like him. I think he's, he's great. Um, but a problem that I'm having is that he, he works a lot. And I don't mind that aspect of it because actually that's something I really like about him. But th- I just really haven't seen him in a really long time. And it's difficult. Like we talk every day, but I, I never see him. And it, it feels kind of like he doesn't He's not like making the effort to see me because I don't have a traditional job. So I can make like pretty much any time work and it doesn't feel good. And I was thinking about it and I was like, okay, well, I'm a grown up. And so I should just say to him like, hey, um, if I'm not going to see you for a couple of weeks, I'd really like to know, you know, I'd love it if you could just tell me that, I'm, you're, you know, we're not going to see each other or like, you know, you're going to be really busy because otherwise I get worried that you don't want to see me and that doesn't feel good. Like that, like not like an ultimatum, not like a accusation, like literally just saying this is how I feel. Um, This is what's going on. This is how I feel about it. And this is what I would like just communicating in a really normal way. But in my head, I'm like, 
okay, but what if I say that to him and he thinks that I'm telling him that I don't like that he works a lot and then that he wants me to quit his job or he wa- I want him to quit his job and, and stop and make me the number one priority and like never see me or, or sorry, never work. And like all these things, like I'm obviously not saying, I'm literally saying, hello, um, I would like it if you could communicate with me about when we're going to be able to see each other. <laughs> like a really normal request to make. And my brain is spinning out of control because I'm so scared that it's he's going to take what I'm saying and think I'm saying something else because that was the experience that I had um, in a past relationship. And that's like a fairly innocuous thing, right? Like that's like not, I mean, of of the kinds of trauma you can take away from relationships like that's not trauma you know like that's just like it was annoying it was frustrating but you know I'm fine I can't even imagine how difficult it would be if you were in a relationship that was you know trigger warning like abusive or really toxic unlearning those kind of behaviors is so hard and I think you have to give yourself the love and like the grace to take the time it will take. And also, I think keeping an open dialogue with yourself at all times just to kind of check in and say like, okay, you're fine. Everything's okay. I love you. How you feel is valid. But like, let's check in here. Like, what is this feeling really about? Or like, what are you scared of? And why are you scared of that? My therapist always says like, if it's hysterical, it's historical. Like if you feel yourself being really, really upset about something that seems in comparison to your reaction kind of small, a lot of times it's because of something that happened to you in the past. For example, like with this specific situation that I'm with with this guy, um, uh, on Saturday night, I really wanted to see him because I hadn't seen him since Valentine's Day. And so I sent him a text just kind of being like, hey, <laughs> hear me out. What if we hung out? And he was like, oh, I wish, but like, I can't, I'm working. And it like kind of ruined my whole night. Like I literally was so sad for the rest of the night. I like cried in the back of the Uber. I went home, I cried more. Like I really was really upset. And I was like, I should not be this upset about just not seeing somebody like this. This is really okay. Like this is not as big of a deal as like my reaction is right now. And when I said that to my therapist, she's like, remember, when it's hysterical, it's historical. So what is it really about? And I kind of said, like, honestly, I think it's because in a lot of my last relationship, I felt really unwanted and I felt like I wasn't a priority. And I felt like I spent a lot of time like waiting by the phone and like just really feeling like, yeah, just feeling not wanted. And and so this not seeing this new guy, Marshall Erickson, not seeing him has made me really feel that feeling again like and and so I got really really upset and I and once I realized that once I realized that actually it's not really about this situation at all I was able to almost divorce from the feeling like really step back and say like okay what's happening now is not what happened then that's what something else my therapist says to me all the time like what happened before is not what's happening now like just because something happened in the past does not mean it's repeating itself. It does not mean it's happening again. And like that situation is a completely separate situation from what's happening now. Like each situation is a brand new thing. Um, So if you feel yourself having that moment of like, I'm really, really upset and I don't know why, all it was was that like he, you know, didn't text me back for an hour or, you know, whatever it was. He made a little comment about something or, and you feel yourself like really, really freaking out. Like take a step back 
and just be like, okay, am I upset about the situation at hand or am I upset because of something that happened in the past? And if it's something that happened in the past, that sucks. But it's also a little easy to just kind of be like, okay, hey, what happened then was horrible. It was not fair. It was sad. It was hard, you know, however it felt for you. But it's not happening now. It's not right now. It is not repeating right now. Right now is a new moment. Right now is something completely different. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to be like, it's so easy. It's not. It, uh, truly, it's not. It's really hard. It, it's a process. It takes time. I mean, I'm obviously still struggling with it. And I was not even in like an unhealthy relationship. I was just kind of unhappy, as most of us are at the end of relationships. And even for me, like I'm having a hard time with certain things. So I can imagine that if you were in a really bad relationship, that it's really hard to move into something new without feeling like those things are going to happen again. But every person is different. Every relationship is different. Every new day is an opportunity for something new to happen. But all that said, like, I hope that you also know when to protect your peace. You also don't want to find yourself in a situation where you're like ignoring how you feel because you're thinking, oh, it's not about this situation. It's actually about the past. Like, make sure that you're not, you know, also ignoring your feelings because you're assuming that they have to do with the past because sometimes they don't. Sometimes that person that you're dealing with face to face in the moment is, in fact, also making you sad. <laughs> and I don't want any of you to be in a relationship where you're sad all the time. I do not want that for you. So just like really checking in with yourself and trying to listen to what your brain is telling you and what that anxiety is telling you, what any of those feelings are telling you, that's the best you can do. And I think also we all understand, like I completely understand, like we all come into shit with baggage. It's true. If you even explain to your partner, like this person that you're seeing, whatever, and just been like, I'm so sorry that I freaked out about this thing. Honestly, it's it's not about you. My past relationship, you know, this is something that would happen. And it's really difficult. It, it was really hard for me. And I know that that's not what you're doing. It just um, it caught me off guard or I just had a, I had a hard time like feeling that way again. And I think any normal person would understand that because like, again, we all have fucking baggage. We all have things that have hurt us and we all have been in situations that hurt us. Even I have fucking friend baggage. We have family baggage. Like that's part of being human. Like it would actually be insane if you moved into something brand new and you didn't carry anything with you from your past relationship, good or bad, you know? Actually, that's something that I, you know, after me and my last boyfriend broke up, that I was actually like kind of I felt really excited about, I guess, was this idea that you get to take everything you learned with you. And some of that is bad. <laughs> some of the behaviors I learned maybe were not great or harder to I, things I'd like to unlearn. But for the most part, like, it's really nice that, you know, everything that I learned about loving somebody, everything that I learned about being in a relationship, being a partner, being a girlfriend, being, you know, the best um, partner that I can be supporting someone, everything that I learned from that person, I get to take with me. And I learned plenty that was also good, you know. So I guess my number one advice is don't beat yourself up. This is like a completely normal thing. And also it's really hard. And if it takes you a little bit of time to unlearn that stuff, it's normal. It's normal and it's more than fine. But 
it sounds like you're trying really hard. It sounds like you are doing that work that you need to do. And I'm really proud of you for doing that. And honestly, (laughs) it's impressive that you even like are able to know, like that you are cognizant enough to say like, yeah, I know that I have some of this shit that I'm still trying to figure out. Like being self-aware is the first step, right? But yeah, fuck, it's hard. I'm not, I, I don't have like, I don't know, some kind of like perfect advice for you on this one because it's such a learning process like it's such like a day by day you are just gonna have to figure it out as you go you can't just like magically cure yourself by like meditating for 20 minutes like you really just have to be in those situations but yeah just keep trying keep trying that's all anybody can do right I mean, every day I'm trying, like every day I have to sit myself down and be like, and like not even about this like past relationship, like of every relationship I've ever been in, every friendship I've ever had, like certain things that hurt you, things that hurt you, even if they feel like they were silly, they affect you and you, you carry those things with you, but it's going to be okay. (laughs) I love you. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about that for now. I'm sure we'll talk about this again. It, it's hard. We're all like going through this kind of thing. And I'm here for you. I'm sure like any of your friends would understand. And I'm sure anyone who listens to this podcast also understands. Um, I do want to mention right now that I have a Discord server. There's a link on my Instagram profile. And everyone in there is like really nice and really sweet. And I pop in and I lurk and I read the chat sometimes. And it just seems like they're really kind and supportive. So um, I'm sure if you need a group of people to support you, you know, I'm sure that they'll understand as well because I have the best listeners in the world. So we can move into the next segment. I just also want to say like literally one more time, just as a blanket statement, my ex is not a bad person. I don't dislike him. He was a bad communicator and I will stand by that. But please don't fucking harass him for just like kind of being shitty at communicating. All right, let's move on to the next segment. All things must pass. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill okay (laughs) from one fun topic to the next let's talk about lexapro (laughs) is this gonna be like a really depressing episode should i do like a i don't know tell a knock knock joke okay so a pirate walks into a bar with a steering wheel attached to his crotch and the bartender goes what is that? And the pirate goes, I don't know, but it's driving me nuts. <laughs> Get it? Like it's driving him crazy, but also it's a wheel on his dick. So it's driving his nuts. No, <laughs> it's one of my favorite jokes. Um, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about medication. Yeah. So I had a couple questions about um, starting mental health medication. I want to say this. It's not for everybody, but if you are even considering it, do it. It took me a really long time to accept that I just needed to get on 
fucking Lexapro. Like, I don't know why. I, I had this like stubbornness. Like I was like, no, I don't need to be on medication. I can do this on my own. And it's like, um, <laughs> yeah, you can do it on your own. But oh my God, you guys, do you know how much easier it is to do it when you have a little bit of help? Like, oh my God, my life is so much better. I <laughs> like, I don't even know where to begin on how much like, it's almost like I didn't understand that it didn't have to be so hard. Like, I didn't realize that my life was harder than it needed to be until I started taking Lexapro. And I was like, oh, because here's the thing. It's not going to, like, cure you, right? Like, you're never going to not have anxiety because with mental health, you know, it's not a cure kind of thing. It's a treatment kind of thing. Like, you're always going to kind of have it. Um, you live with it. You find a way to make your life work with your, you know, mental health disorder or whatever it might be. But with medication, what it does is just kind of bring up the baseline a little bit. So the lows are not quite as low when you're really like I used to be anxious every single day, <laughs> every day. And I just kind of lived with that as my baseline. Like that is what I thought was normal. I was like, yeah. I'm anxious every day. Like, that's how it's supposed to be. Like, I'm anxious. I have anxiety. I have an anxiety disorder. I'm anxious every day. Um, did you know it doesn't have to be that hard? Did you know that you didn't have to be anxious every single day? It's not that I don't still get anxious. I certainly do. But yeah, I can't even tell you. There are so many things that like I have been unable to do in my life because of my anxiety. And I've all I've been in therapy for a long time and I've come up with great strategies to help myself through that anxiety. I've worked, I mean, I have made massive strides on controlling my anxiety, but still there were things that I, I couldn't do because of my anxiety. And now I do them without even thinking because I started taking Lexapro. And like I could talk about this forever on like how much that has helped me like it isn't like I don't still have to go to therapy or I don't still have to do some work um, because I do and I still have to do my breathing and my strategies and my you know all the mental things that I've worked on but even just like being able to be in a crowded bar and not have a panic attack going going out to dinner with friends and not like feel like I'm going to throw up, you know, when I'm eating in front of new people, like things that I have struggled with for so long, I'm able to do again. Like I had horrible panic disorder. I had it really badly when it came to like going to plays for some reason, like going to a show. I couldn't see a show because I'd be so scared I was going to have to get up and throw up that I would sit there sweating and like shaking and so anxious that I couldn't even enjoy it and like I love theater I was a theater kid like I it's insane I couldn't go to see any shows and I live in fucking New York City and I couldn't go to Broadway without like wanting to die and now I can and I it has literally changed my life and also part of what I really wanted to talk about was I had premenstrual dysphoric disorder and I kind of didn't know. If you don't know what premenstrual dysphoric disorder is, it's basically like PMS, but times 20. So what would happen to me was about mm, 10 days before my period actually started, I would start feeling super depressed. I mean, I had like terrible mental side effects. Like I'd be so depressed, so anxious, literally think everyone hated me. Literally, I mean, thought, I, you know, my career's dead and I'm useless and I'm bad at everything and I'm ugly. Like literally just battling my brain 10 days before my period, which meant like I had about 
two good weeks of every month, if even that. Like, and that's insane. Like, (laughs) you're not supposed to only have two good weeks out of every month. That that's crazy. And I, I I had no idea that it didn't have to be that hard. I start taking Lexapro and now I don't, that doesn't happen to me. I get like maybe one day of PMS like that. And most of the month I'm fine. It's life changing. But I don't want to just talk positively because obviously there are side effects and things that we want to talk about. So with medication, here's the thing. <sighs> there are always going to be side effects. And you should definitely talk to your psychiatrist about what side effects you like can't tolerate. Like if weight gain is something that you know will just make you more depressed, you need to tell your doctor that. Like just tell your doctor that. Because there are definitely there can be weight gain, there can be um a loss of like a sex drive, nausea. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy side effects with any kind of pill, but brain pills in particular, you know. And it's not something to like, I don't know, consider lightly, but also, I don't know, I do really recommend it. I think it just like helps so much. But yeah, I would try it. I think there's so many different antidepressants, SSRIs, etc. that like, if the first one you try doesn't work for you, maybe the next one will. Like, there is a little bit of trial and error on dosage, on the pill that you're going to have to go through before you find it. But when you find, like, your pill, your dose, like, it's truly, it can change your life. The only really bad side effect that I had with Lexapro was nausea. The first probably two, maybe three months, like, it was rough, you guys. I mean, I I was barely eating. Like I was so nauseous all the time. And then I kind of got into a groove with it and I started taking it with lunch. I had been taking it with dinner and that was not working for me. I was like really nauseous at night. So I was taking it with lunch. And for some reason that just made sense to my body and I stopped getting the nausea. I started to be able to eat again. It's been smooth sailing ever since. But yeah, that is my journey with Lexapro. I just really wanted to talk about that because I actually have gotten a lot of DMs asking to talk about it because I think a lot of people are scared to start medication and I get it. It's like there's something a lot scarier about like, I don't know, like you're a brain pill, right? Like it's not like you're taking Tylenol because you've got a headache. It's like this is altering your brain chemistry in some way and that that's scary. I mean, actually, I don't even know if that's true because I'm not a doctor, but that's what it feels like, right? It feels like it's changing you in some way. Or you worry that you'll be like less interesting because you'll have, you'll be numb. You won't have any emotions or, and like, that's just not true. Like, this is not the fucking 60s. They're not giving you like clonopin just to treat like a little bit of anxiety, you know? Like, you're not going to be a zombie. You're not going to lose your emotions. You're not going to be less interesting. I actually was scared about that. I was like, what if I start taking antidepressants and then I don't have anything to say on my podcast? And then I'm like, oh no, that's not going to happen because I'm dramatic. <laughs> but really, it's it's just like a little scarier. It feels scarier. But the the thing that people say all the time, right, is like if you broke your arm you wouldn't be like oh I bet I can let it heal on its own like no (laughs) let me just talk to my arm and maybe it'll feel better no (laughs) take the fucking medicine get the splint you know or whatever I don't know I've never broken a bone knock on wood oh my god but you know what I mean like it just guys listen to me if there's one thing that you hear from this episode 
It doesn't have to be this hard. You might not know this now, but it doesn't have to be this hard. You don't have to be this sad. You don't have to be this anxious. Like it just, it doesn't have to be this hard. And if you think that you need a little bit of help, it's not embarrassing. It's not shameful. Take the help because it will literally change your life. And I, I like, there's no exaggeration on that. It will change your life. So that is all I needed to say about medication. And now let's get into the last DM. Maybe it's something in the water. Or maybe we just hit the end of the road. Right now it doesn't even matter. Okay. I really liked this DM. This DM made me laugh. Um, so this is from Ashley. <laughs> Why did I say it like that? This is from Ashley. Um, okay, this is from Ashley. I think it's because I thought it said Anna Lee, not Ashley. Anyways, um, so this is from Ashley. And she said, my question is how to be less sensitive slash take things less personally. I'm in law school and it can be stressful and people are grumpy. I'm really bad about taking someone having a bad day as my fault or to mean that they're upset with me. Any tips? She also said she's been making her bed. So cheers to her. Hooray. And she said she's also in love. Happy for her. Okay. <laughs> All right. How to be less sensitive, how to take things less personally. I also used to think that, okay, (laughs) used to, I don't know who the fuck I'm trying to fool right now. Used to think people were mad. I still think everyone is mad at me all the time. Not as badly as it used to be, but still, I'm always thinking that if somebody's upset, it's my fault that like I did something. But the best advice that I've ever gotten, and I've said this before, if somebody doesn't tell you directly, that they are angry with you, that you did something, then you just need to keep chugging along and like not take it personally. Like, and I know that that's easier said than done, but like, unless somebody looks you in the eye or looks you in the text or whatever, and is like, you hurt my feelings or I'm mad at you because you did this. It, you know what, baby? It's none of your goddamn business. It's not. It's none of your fucking business if somebody doesn't have the balls to tell you how they're feeling. Like, At the end of the day, if someone's mad at me, hopefully they will fucking tell me. And if they don't tell me, that's not my fucking problem. Of course, it's easier said than done. But I think that like when I see somebody's angry, it's almost like um, it's almost like selfish to assume it's about you. Like, do you know how much is going on in the world, man? Do you know how much happens on a daily basis? It's crazy to think that the reason that any given person is upset is because of one little silly comment you made or because you, I don't know, made some faux pas that you didn't even know about. Like, people just, and this is like harsh, I guess, but it's also true. People don't care about other people as much as we think that they do. Like, um, one of the, like I saw a tweet a long time ago that was like, you know, I've, you know, moving to New York City has been really good for my anxiety because I had to smuggle a snake onto a bus or something like that, and nobody even looked at me, even though my backpack was like wriggling and hissing. No one even looked at me. So trust me. People are not thinking about you as much as you think that they are. Like we all have our kind of inner worlds going on and we all have like our own shit. If I'm in a bad mood, like I promise it's probably not about any single person in my life. It's about a thousand other things, but it's not about a person in my life and it's not about you. And sometimes people do snap and that's 
that's rude. Like it's rude to snap at somebody, obviously. And hopefully they apologize for that. But if somebody does, like, again, it's really not, a, it's probably not about you. Because again, we all have our own inner worlds going on. We all have so much happening. People are really not thinking about you as much as you think that they are. <laughs> I really don't know why that sounds so mean. I don't mean that like no one thinks about you. No one cares about you. I just mean that like the odds that the, the thing that is making somebody irritable or angry or stressed or mad, the odds that that is you compared to everything else that's going on in the world, it's slim to none. And I just want you to remember that. Like, I understand the urge to be like, oh my God, everybody fucking hates me. <laughs> and like, it must be me. Like, but no, 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 it's not you. It's not you. But also like, <laughs> the one of the questions in the DM was about being less sensitive. I don't know why we're always told to like not be sensitive. I think being sensitive is a good thing. I think it's actually quite silly to tell people like they should be less sensitive. I think everybody else should be more sensitive. Like I'm a sensitive girl. I have always been a sensitive girl. My parents would always say I was sensitive. You know, my brother would say I was sensitive and they acted like this was some kind of bad thing. But it's like, oh, sorry, I'm in touch with my emotions. Sorry, I care about stuff. Like I'm not going to apologize for being sensitive. And in fact, I think it's a beautiful thing to retain a little bit of sensitivity. Like I know people are always like saying toughen up, you know, the world's a tough place. You should be tough too. But it's like, why? Like, why do I have to lose that part of myself that's sensitive? Because I think sensitivity is really beautiful. And I actually think that like there's a difference between like being sensitive and being like, I don't know, anxious. Like what it sounds like you're describing, thinking that people are mad at you or if somebody's grumpy, like assuming that it's because you did something. Like that doesn't sound like you're being sensitive. If they're being rude to you, that's not, you're not being sensitive. They're being rude. <laughs> and it's not sensitive to not like it when people are unkind to you or when people take out their anger on you. And you should never convince yourself that it's a problem for you to like not like that. You know, like it's okay to be uncomfortable when people are rude to you. That's not sensitive. But it sounds like you do have, you're not sensitive. You're just a little anxious that you're assuming that people are upset with you when they're just upset. But also like, fuck them. It's kind of on them. They shouldn't be taking that out on anybody. Although, I don't know. I've never been in law school. My One of my best friends from high school, she is a lawyer. She just passed the bar. And I'll say this. She never once took out that frustration and stress on me. Not once. Never. So, I don't know, man. You're not sensitive. You're right to be, like, upset when people take out their anger on you. But remember... I would say 99.9% .9 of the time when people are angry and they haven't specifically said to you, I'm mad at you, it's not about you. It could be about literally anything. Maybe a stranger spilled coffee on them this morning. You don't know. Maybe, maybe their dog died. Like people have everything going on and, and you, you just, you never know. You never know what somebody's inner world is like. So like, I would say let's all like make a pact. We are not going to assume anymore that it's about us. Like we're going to know that we are perfect and we've done nothing wrong ever. And anyone who disagrees with that is a hater. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, kind of joking, kind of not. I don't know. Like, fuck it. If seriously, like, if somebody does not have the balls to just tell you that they're upset with you, then they're not upset with you. You know, it's none of your goddamn business. I don't know. I don't know if I have the best advice on like how to not take things personally because I take everything fucking personally. But that is something I try to remind myself that just like it's probably not about me. And that's our maybe that's our mantra going into the week. It's probably not about me. (laughs) And I think that's the episode. Um, Unless there's anything else I want to add. I don't think so, though. Obviously, we have to do our song of the week. This is a little bit of a a heavier episode, maybe. Um, But I hope we kept it fun anyways. I it's hard for me sometimes to talk about. um, I don't know. Specifically, my past relationship is like kind of hard for me to talk about right now just because like I really don't. I don't know. It's still kind of new and like there's a lot that I just am like still kind of processing, I guess. But I want I feel like I don't know safe with you guys I feel comfortable with you and I feel comfortable telling you about it every relationship has its shit right I could give you a thousand examples and like you know the funny thing is this past relationship I when I was getting over it like when I like probably two I would say two weeks after we broke up and I was feeling normal again I was like realizing that I had been unhappy, sure. Like, I had been unhappy. There were things that had made me sad in the relationship, sure. But when I compared it (laughs) to some of the other guys that I've dated, oh, my God. I, like, can't believe some of the people I've dated in the past. Like, I cannot believe some of the things I put myself through. And, like, I just hope that each person I date just keeps getting fucking better because I feel so bad for past me. Like, little 19-year-old me, I just want to give her a big old hug because she was in the shit. So, um... Kind of going back to the first thing, it's like, hopefully everyone you date just keeps getting better because as you learn more about dating, as you learn more about yourself, as you learn a bit more about others, um, and as you take more of what you learned with you into each new relationship, hopefully you just keep dating people who are better and better and being in relationships that make you happier and happier. And that is all that I could ever ask for and all I could ever hope for you guys as well. Okay, song of the week is kind of a fun one. I don't know why this is the vibe this week. Maybe I just feel like I want to have like kind of a fun and silly weekend. And especially after kind of a heavier episode, like I I feel like maybe the vibe should be a little spicier, a little more fun. So our song this week is Somebody I Fucked Once by Zolita. It's a really fun song. Big fan. Um, All right. That is it for the week. I hope that you have a really, really good week. I hope you're feeling good. I hope you're feeling like, you know, ready to take on a week. If you like this show, feel free to subscribe, leave a positive review. And if you like Taylor Swift, you can listen to my show on Spotify Greenroom. We're live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And every episode is uploaded at on Thursday mornings. Um, so you can listen to past episodes if you miss them. But it's fun to watch live because there's a chat feature and we have a lot of fun. Um, yeah, you can join the Discord. The link is on my Instagram profile. And okay, now we can go. As always, I love you. Have a good day. Have a good night wherever you are, whatever you're doing. I hope it's a good one. And I will catch you on the next one. Love you. Bye.
Late Night Drive with Ellie and Michaela is brought to you by BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. <laughs> Visit BetterHelp.com slash LND today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-N-D.